and brightest day and blackest night. All other podcasts tremble in fright. Losers cower before the power. Oranges lust and blues you can trust. Indigos feel and white ones heal. Yellow scare and green ones dare. That sapphire love and black hands glove will rock your foundation without hesitation. Chad and Mars face evil's minds. Respect their power for they'll make you see the light. Hi, everybody. I'm Chad Bokelman. I'm Mark Marvel. And this is the Lantern Cast, episode 480. That's right. We are talking uh, trailers tonight. Yeah, nice and easy. No real prep other than watching, watching, <laughs> <laughs> watching, and actually watching, as opposed to some of these trailer reaction videos. That I'm, I'm so guilty of this because I, I watch them as soon as something comes out of interest. There's like a, you know the handful of channels on YouTube that I always watch. So I look for, you know, I go look for these. You, and most of them are fine, mind you, but it's just that sometimes you just get desperate. You end up trying to, out of curiosity, you watch maybe the next tier down their channels. And it's like, oh, my God, if you just sit there and you, and you just don't and you don't shut the F up at all when you're watching it. What's the point? I mean, this is like it's like it's like you feel like you need to do this. I'm sure to, to make your make your watch your, your video watch your it, make it more interesting your trailer reaction more interesting but if you sit there and you talk through everything for the first time you watch it you damn well know you're going to be missing a whole lot of stuff <laughs> it's just yeah there's annoying. a there's a group of guys of so four guys that i typically watch their reaction to stuff it's which um which one blind wave yes i watch blind wave yeah i don't watch their whole videos because sometimes I, I you know I don't know, but I like the way they do it. They sort of cold, they sort of cold react to it. No talking. I mean, maybe like the occasional excited remark or whatever for the first watch through, and then they slowly go through everything else. So I think they do that right. Yeah, I, I watch them. I watch late to the party. I watch. I'm trying to think off the top of my head. What I, there's a few that I watch. I mean, I, I'll watch like I'll watch like Grace Randolph's too and things like that. But there's a. Uh, but there's there, there's only a few that I that I really look forward to, depending on what the subject matter is and, and depending on whose interest is greater and, and what brand and what and what franchise. But, yeah, some people just don't get it. It's like they just have to talk through it and it's like they have to be histrionic with their reactions. It's like, yeah, yeah. And, and sometimes, I mean, honestly, just the way that the community is with social media and everything, sometimes like. You know, maybe let, let's let's use Venom for an for an example. You know, some people thought that movie was absolute shit. Meanwhile, I was or was going to be absolute shit, and I was hyped for it. So I just wanted to find somebody else who was reacting the same way I do. So like honestly, sometimes I just watch reaction videos because there's a bunch of negativity. I'm like, can I see somebody else be hyped about what I'm hyped about? <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah, I, I I can I can completely understand that. Yeah. All right, so we're going to talk about uh, She-Hulk first, right? She-Hulk Attorney at Law. Oh, yes. So that's going to be the first one we will discuss. Then we will, the meat of this episode should be discussing the Green Lantern Beware My Power exclusive trailer. Mm -hmm. And then 
we'll see. If we have time, then you'll know what we're talking about. And obviously, if, if there's nothing, if there's nothing else we discuss of consequence after Green Lantern, that means then we ran long, and you'll know what it is next episode. <laughs> I have a rant about uh, Beware My Power. I will try to keep it short, folks, so we all we can touch on all the topics tonight. <laughs> I'll, I'll keep I'll keep you on a timer. Maybe 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 from the time we start before we <laughs> before we begin, maybe we'll we'll agree on a time limit for you before before it's rebuttal time or just technically speaking, your time is up, and that way we'll keep us. But probably not necessary. So all right. Oh, I like it. I do, I do still find it. Look, I'm, I'm, look, I'm glad that Disney is branching out and willing to like explore different avenues, but I still find it almost ironic to see the last scene of a trailer be a woman carrying a man to bed and then <laughs> Disney plus. <laughs> yeah, that is true. I mean, when you, when you, when you, that certainly is a different tone amongst, yeah. You know, when you think about it, yeah, and definitely for a Disney Plus trailer, it's not exactly what you would 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 expect. Um, yeah, and for the record, people listening at home, I would still feel the same irony if it was a man carrying a woman to bed. It's just ending on a tease of a sexual life for the character, and then going straight to and then the, it, only on Disney Plus <laughs> is the irony there. <laughs> Especially when it was the whole carrying somebody off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's 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 deal with the. Six foot seven, eight hundred pound gorilla in the room when it comes to this thing. That which apparently there's, there's a new thing which I didn't know about just from reading responses. That I guess I guess the new thing that makes you an, an internet troll and a hater is when you point out CGI doesn't look great when it doesn't look great. I guess that's the new in thing that I guess if you complain about CGI in a certain project, that must mean you complain about every CGI you've ever seen in, in the world. And what do you expect? So yes, the CGI on her is not great. And it and it stands out like a sore thumb because the CGI on Bruce Banner and the Hulk is great, and the CGI in the Abomination is great. So it makes her not looking great and looking like basically it's like they almost like uh they they painted over her after you know it's like they use computer graphics to paint over her green at the end you know and just it just now mind you when this trailer came out it's the middle of May they have like till the middle of August before this thing premieres so they do have plenty of time. And maybe because, in all honesty, despite what this trailer, I think, shows, I don't think Ruffalo is supposed to be in this show all that much. So the reality is maybe he filmed all his stuff so early on they got to finish all the post-production on him a lot earlier than they did for her. I don't know. But that is a, that is a, that is a concern for me. Uh, and I think people pointing it out doesn't make them haters because it stands out like a sore thumb that the CGI is not fantastic on her and it's more a little more shaky but i also think she hulk actually doesn't look like jennifer walters at all i i mean maybe i mean well i could be wrong because obviously they would have to use the actress for the mocap and stuff like that to to you know approximate facial features and so on and so forth but something about the facial structure looks different from her to she hulk and Whereas you can still see Ruffalo's face here, but I mean, you know, I, it's interesting. We didn't get to see Ruffalo's face, you know, really strongly reflected in Hulk's face until he was able to merge the two halves of themselves into a whole. And we've not entire, I mean, like, sure. She's, she's living as she Hulk and she's, you know, speaking intelligently and stuff like that. But is she truly, as um uh yin and yang cohesive together 
uh, as maybe Ruffalo is with his side. So maybe there's something there, but I don't know. The, the, the two just look more different than I would expect them to. I, I think that's, I think that's relatively on target too. I think that's a fair criticism. And again, speaking of the, of the, of the banner Hulk thing, this does take place by all accounts between infinity war and Endgame, which is why we have smart Hulk, and why he has both arms working. So it's not because, oh my God, he's recovered because we've seen Bruce Banner's arm in a sling post, uh, post endgame in, uh, Shang-Chi. So the reality is that's why he appears to be normal and health and physically whole again, because this is long before he put the glove on. Which of course, another thing that seems to, which is only semi related to this, but it bothers me is that when we first heard the term the blip when in Spider-Man Far From Home, that I certainly was under the un- the understanding, and honestly, it makes sense, that the blip was actually the moment when everybody came back after five years. And now it seems like they're trying to retcon it or some people are misunderstanding it and retconning it to make it sound like the five-year period everybody was gone was the blip, which doesn't really make sense to me. But either way, this takes place, supposed to take place between Infinity War and Endgame from everything that we've heard so far. So that explains why he is the way he is. To me, it was more interesting seeing Blonsky as Blonsky and not just the abomination, because obviously one of the things the abomination has historically always been known for is the fact that he does not change back. Yeah. And when we saw when we saw that cell that Blonsky is in, it was during Shang-Chi when uh, Wong opened a portal for him and the abomination to go through. And that 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 cage was on the other side. So clearly. But they either the government or Blonsky himself has figured out some way to transform back and forth, which, as you alluded to, I mean, that was never the case in the comics. No, but it probably was a good way to, to guarantee you get Tim Roth back. <laughs> yeah, <true. laughs> but, but and obviously it certainly imply the trailer for what it's worth implies that she's going to be that he is one of her clients, that he is she is going to be defending him. So the abomination is cool. How much of a role he plays in this movie? uh I think it would be somewhat disappointing if there's no fight between her and the abomination or the Hulk and the abomination. And clearly it would be disappointing, but just having Blonsky back is cool. I don't know. I, on my sliding scale of interest in a lot of the things in phase four, which I'm not greatly interested in, I probably think I'm more interested in Ms. Marble than this, despite the fact that Banner and Blonsky are the hooks for me. She-Hulk, even though, yes, I have the first issue of Savage She-Hulk somewhere in my tub of comics or my tub of tubs of comics. And I, so I was on the ground floor, I think, whenever they created her, 79 or 80. But the reality is, as far as the character itself and the show, I don't know if I have a huge interest in it. I'm curious, but I'm certainly not. I'm more neutral on it. It's like, impress me. That's what that's what I and that's that's why I guess on one level, the CGI in the trailer was a little disappointing because that first impression was not to me. It wasn't as and to a lot of people, I think, was not as good as it could have been. Yeah, I think uh, another interesting tidbit about the the She-Hulk side of things is what people like how the origin is going to play out, because in the the origin is in the comics is. Banner gives Je- uh, Jennifer a blood transfusion after an accident. Now we see her car rolling here. We assume it's an accident. So 
that obviously leads us to believe if that part of it is is accurate to the comic origin, then maybe so is the transfusion. I think but it then, is based on the based on a synopsis or something. I think that is going to be constant. Okay, well then my then then you know my concern in some way, shape, or form, I guess, is that uh, the way I the way you know how tortured Bruce feels by the Hulk um, and things like that is is like he should know better. Uh, or he, he'd be so he'd be potentially so worried by the consequences that he wouldn't want to do this. So I'm interested to see how that struggle, if at all, is played out on screen. Well, I'm sure there'll be some angst, but it's going to be a mo- it's going to be a, probably a moment a split decision he's going to have to make. It's like, well, I if I don't do this, she's absolutely going to die. Yeah. And he just and which is probably why he at least in the teaser why he's so dedicated to trying to te- to get in on the ground floor of teaching her. A, Basically, everything he's learned up to this point about not just the transformations, but everything he's been able to certainly at this level, been able to put together to be able to control it and basically make it your own and not let it control you. So I think so maybe timing wise, it could be absolutely perfect, whether whether he had gotten to this point like shortly before the accident or whether it's actually something he developed. Who knows? Maybe in the course of this story the retcon maybe part of what the final catalyst was for him mastering this was because he knew he gave her the, the blood transfusion and there was a chance that she was going to have the same problem so it, but either way i think it i think it'll be i do think that's a huge part of the interest in this i mean honestly if they if they had not gotten ruffalo back for this even if he's only let's say he only has like 25 minutes of screen time in the entire however many episodes we have of this thing that just get, getting him back was key. I mean, you almost had to if you were going to do this character. I'm sure they had it locked in long before they announced the show because I don't think you could do the story without having Banner be involved. But the reality is, I think that's a key component to the interest in this because it should have, at least this show hints at a lot of direct ties to the MCU as we know it. And I think that's a plus considering we've gotten a lot of not so direct ties to a lot of things in the mainstream. Now, of course, the asterisk is, it ties into a lot of stuff in the MCU, but it might be a lot of stuff that technically is uh, like five years ago. Now we're getting close to five years ago. And that's the, that's, that's the difference. You know, uh, I, I'm also curious because people talk about the potential for daredevil to show up, uh, you know, given the, the yep. lawyer side of things uh, I'd also be maybe almost equally uh, if not, maybe even more, interested in what Carrie Ann Moss's Jenny uh, Jerry Hogarth character like her showing up if we're going to start bringing in the Netflix side of the things yeah cuz I mean Hogarth was doing the same thing wouldn't she yeah act yeah there's, there's certainly a there's certainly a very strong possibility of of something like that or even technically even foggy and other and other People from uh, from Daredevil, even if you're not bringing in Matt right immediately, there's, there's there's opportunities for that too. We just hope if they start bringing all these people in from the Netflix show, let's just hope our girl Jessica Henwick actually gets her justice, and they bring Colleen back. Since since even though I don't think she would have had a good role in actually what role I, I'm trying to remember what role she would have. I guess it was I guess it was I'm gonna guess it was Shang Chi's sister was the role that she could have had or she could have auditioned for. In Shang-Chi, because she wasn't, it wasn't Aquafina's role. So the only logical role she could have gotten would have been Shang-Chi's sister if, but she still would have had to audition and, and there was no script, I don't think. <laughs> yeah. So, but she's, but 
hopefully they will. There's no reason not to bring Colleen back. Everybody like Colleen. I know it's a slippery slope because you still have the Iron Fist issue. What you're going to do with that? But everybody likes Colleen and everybody likes Jessica Henwick, I think so. But nonetheless, yeah, there's I I think we'll be getting more and more of those Netflix characters slowly face back in. All right. Uh, anything else we want to talk about for She-Hulk? All right. For some of you listeners out there, the long-awaited Lanterncast reaction to Green Lantern, Beware My Power. All right. So let's – we're not going to get into the controversy yet. Let's let's talk about what was physically on screen. What do, what do we think? Well, right before we, we started talking about this, this is like the second time I watched this trailer. I watched it when it first came out, and, it, and I purposely didn't want to watch it. I had initial thoughts. I didn't want to watch it again until we were going to do this uh, conversation regarding what's on the screen and not, which is hard to just judge it by what's on the screen. When you have thoughts about what's going on behind those decisions, it's not a, I don't have a huge problem with what I'm seeing. I mean, I, I don't, I don't like the whole trench coat look on John Stewart. I mean, agreed. That's, that's kind of stupid. In fact, I, until the very end of watching it a few seconds ago, I was like, does he have this trench coat on the entire time? And then finally at the end, you see what he, I guess in theory would look like without his, without with just in his Green Lantern uniform. But the trench coat look that that's that's not good. Yeah, my my thought is we're seeing it for a lot of this trailer. We won't see it for a lot of the film. This is just the beginning sequences. That hopefully hopefully you are you are correct on that. They are kind of doing as we'll talk about it, kind of like a hodgepodge version of merging different origins for John Stewart. It's a combination of the. Is basically combining Hal's origin and Kyle's origin and then giving it to John that you have a dying alien gives 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 John Stewart the ring, even though it implies that he was being sought out on purpose. Maybe that's the case. Maybe we'll, it'll make context in the course of the movie, except now it's not Abin Sir. It's a guard. It's, it's, a, it's a guardian itself or himself itself. Theirselves uh, who gave who gave John Stewart a power ring. So they merged the merging those two origins. I don't know how it's serviceable. I'm sure. Yes. Hal fans won't be happy. Kyle fans. Kyle fans aren't, aren't happy that often, honestly. But let's be honest. That is more of a you could make a case is just as equally a rip off or even more of a rip off of Kyle's origin. Since Kyle's the only one who got it directly from a guardian, um, not counting Joe and anything, anybody since. Sinestro, it's really easy doing the Sinestro core, even though I still like to know what's up with the Sinestro core symbol on their chest, because it's obviously not the parallax symbol. They, it's good. That, on a positive, we know how Jordan exists in this universe. So that's a plus. Mm-hmm. They imply that, you know, he and you know, the Thanagarians were wiped out fighting and amongst others fighting, you know, for Oa and we assume fighting against the Sinestro core. There's no guarantee that all these Senegarians and certainly Hal Jordan are actually dead. It kind of would be surprising if they were dead. There might be something where they show up at the end. Or who knows, depending how the movie is even structured, you may even know or it's hinted at it from the very beginning that Hal Jordan's really not dead, but it's not confirmed to the end. Either way, it's I did like the interaction with the Justice League, not knowing who the hell he, not knowing who the hell he was and. I'm not quite sure about the reaction. Like, how did you get a ring? It's like, unless, you know, if there's a Green Lantern Corps, I guess because of the Hal Jordan thing alone, it's like at that point, it's like if if Hal's the only one from the sector, I guess that would be that would be the logical explanation for why they'd be so up in arms 
about it, especially Ollie. It's like, how do you how do you get a ring? Because it would imply that Hal was dead. It's it's intriguing enough. I mean, I think it's it's smart, arguably safe, but smart having the Sinestro Corps be uh, what's that? It's Lissa Drax that we see, right? Isn't she the one that's shown? That is correct. That I think so. I think it, it's interesting. So just ending that, because we're just talking at the moment about what's on the screen, that those were my initial thoughts about what's on the screen. Yeah, uh, I definitely agree about the trench coat. I do believe it, you know, we're getting to we're, we're in a situation where I'm pretty sure the ring and or something, the Guardian, which I'm going to call Ganthet, but whatever. It, so either the ring takes him to the satellite or Ganthet told him to go to the sat- satellite. So I'm thinking... Alien crash. She doesn't know what the hell to do. And he has a directive either by ring or by guardian to figure out what the hell's going on and get involved. He's like, I better fucking get the justice league involved. So he goes up there. uh, And like all of this is him talking to the justice league probably happens within minutes of getting the ring is what I feel. Or like in the movie, he doesn't know what to do with the ring. He doesn't know how it works or access it. Then he gets in like, you know, like in the movie, he gets in a bar fight and then he's like, oh shit. And then the ring activates and takes him where he needs to go. Maybe he, somebody attacks him or something and then his ring activates and the same thing happens. So he doesn't have a lot of time to react. He's just kind of thrown into the shit. And then after things have calmed down a little bit, like kind of the beat between different face-offs. That's when he gets rid of the trench coat and, you know, he's full uniformed up. Uh, it's, it's, it's a convenience of, I don't have time to fucking change my outfit right now, <laughs> uh, which is why he's wearing it uh, as much as we see him in the trailer, but that's only towards the first half of the film or whatever at most. Uh, I do have a problem with the symbol, uh, especially because the symbol on the ring itself is the parallax symbol. You can't see it unless you pause at exactly the right moment. But the ring symbol for the Sinestro Corps is the Sinestro Corps symbol we know. It is on the ring. So that's interesting. Uh, So I just don't understand why it has to be. If you're going to put it on the ring, why not put it on the outfit? It's just a symbol. It doesn't have to, unless there's some meaning behind it here. Um, The animation style is interesting, but this is supposed to be part of the quote unquote tomorrow verse, which started with Superman, man of tomorrow. And all of those films have a very specific animation style. Um, So it's a new style they're playing with. I think it's okay for most everything we've seen, but it does look very strange on Sinestro. Sinestro looks more cartoony than some of the rest. But I don't know. I, I like the idea that both Vixen and Hawkgirl are in here. So we kind of have a shout out to the Justice League, Justice League Unlimited series. And of course, you know, you're, when you're going up against freaking yellow lanterns and stuff, uh, it's very possible nobody died, but got transfer, transported to the antimatter universe of Quard. <laughs> you know, yeah, that's true. That's always a fail safe. Something like that. Uh, as for the mixing of the origins, honestly, Honestly, as far as like the logistics of the mixing of the origins, John Stewart's real origin is that guy was injured and the guardians insisted on there being a backup and they decided uh, this is the man we want. So, yes, the guardians did pick John Stewart in some way. Uh, Hal wasn't for that again in the comics, but they said too bad. So sad. We picked him. Uh, you need to train him up. And at the time 
he was an angry young black man architect. It's uh, civil rights stuff and all that. Now, could you tackle angry young black man in uh, today's modern society? Of course, it's a big topic. But do you do that in this film? <laughs> I don't know that you do. And I don't know how you, you incorporate that, especially if, you know, as we see here in this trailer, if you're going to lean into his marine origins instead of black architect sort of a thing. So honestly, logistically speaking, I don't know that cohesive storytelling wise, it makes sense to keep John Stewart's origin exactly as it was portrayed in the Green Lantern, Green Arrow, Denny O'Neill, Neil Adams run. Now, uh, I say this as somebody who did an entire spinoff or is still doing, I need, whatever, we'll argue about that some other time. (laughs) Uh, uh, I love that series. Let's suffice it to say I love that. I've spoken with Denny and I've spoken with Neil, RIP to both of them. But just as somebody who has specific love of that series, and that series contains Jon Stewart's original origin, I honestly don't know how you do his his original origin justice in something like this in today's modern society. And given how the other lanterns were chosen as well, um, there are unique aspects to the way in which each of them were chosen, but none so mired in of the time. Uh, so I, you know, except maybe you could say Simon. Um, it, it, honestly, I think the importance of his origin is the Hal Sinestro thing, as you do, as opposed to I'm a considered a terrorist by my home country sort of a thing. But I mean, that has uh, a certain era of relevance as well, I suppose. Um, so 10, 20 years from now, if they did a Simon Baz story, would we expect them to update it for the times in some way, shape or form? Or would we still want to go the terror potential terrorist angle? I, I don't know. But either way, it, at the end of the day, original origin wise john was picked by the guardians and uh he could have been hal's backup all along and this is just the time he's finding out about it so i don't know uh the other thing i did want to mention because some people have a problem with this uh and we'll explain why in a minute when i get into my little rant here in a little bit but um i actually do like the interactions between ollie and john some people are upset that you know the first time we see Hal and Ollie really react together on screen in a big feature film. And it's not even Hal. It's uh, it's it's Ollie and John, not Hal and Ollie, like it's supposed to be their best friends. But I think it's interesting, too, because he sees somebody else wearing what he expects is his friend's ring or, or whatever. Uh, you know, where's Hal? Where's you know, where's my buddy? So there's that aspect of his reaction. And then there's that really I mean, it's, it doesn't really say anything, but I guess John creates a construct jet or something. And he's like, I don't know what to do with this. <laughs> and Ollie's just got his hands crossed behind his head and his eyes closed. And he's just waving like John, like, all right, come on, tell it to go. <laughs> like, I, I like the, I, I, that's, uh, to me, I feel that's quintessential Ollie, you know, like he knows how he spent a lot of time with how they're best friends. This guy's a rookie. He doesn't know anything about the ring. Hal's not here to teach him. I'm going to bust his balls. I know more about the ring than this guy does. Come on, Rook, get this engine started. Let's go. Uh, and I think that's actually funny and cool. Um, and it's endearing for him to sort of welcome John into the ranks, but also, you know, uh, bust his balls a little bit and and kind of point out that Ollie 
Ollie knows how, and even to some extent, the Green Lanterns so intimately as he can act like, act like the kind of surrogate trainee sort of introduction to the core and what it means to be a Green Lantern uh, until Hal's back. You know what I mean? <laughs> I think that's cool. No, I can see that. I absolutely can see that. All right. So the controversy around this thing. Okay. You know, before I start this, I was going to go and unblock the accounts that I blocked over on our Twitter account so I could give you guys specific examples. But then I decided against that because why feed the trolls? Um, So just trust me. If you want, you can go search for this negativity yourself. But I don't recommend it because there's enough about uh, there's enough in the world currently to upset you on a deep emotional basis uh, for very real reasons besides. Uh, comic book arguments but the comic book community and i want to say a large part the green lantern community fan community has gotten pretty toxic as of late especially over on twitter we know twitter is just a cesspool for all kinds of negativity and echo chamber for people who do whatever they want to do but there is a let me to the listeners whether you agree with me or not, I want to say there's a difference between believing DC is ignoring or short shrifting or whatever the property of Green Lantern versus believing in some sort of conspiracy theory that DC is purposely maligning Hal Jordan for the sake of literally anybody else uh, for nefarious purposes. Now, to caveat that, I would point you to our episode 411, The Case for Green Lantern with Myron and Phil, where we discuss a lot of these topics, such as the ways we believe DC is intentionally doing these things to the property of Green Lantern. Now, yes, we do use a lot of Hal Jordan examples because... Those are the examples readily at hand. The tanking of the movie, for lack of a better term, uh, and the other uses we speak of thereof. Um, Maybe DC is just trying to distance themselves from Hal Jordan because of uh, him being the person other people recognize. And if you readily have other lanterns to uh, keep people interested in the concept and then you can circle back around to bringing in how maybe that's the tactic they're going for. I don't know, but to state things like people who don't, who don't believe how is the best and this should be about how, and they're purposefully stealing Hal's origin to get rid of him forever and never mention him again. And how dare they? I, I, I don't have time for you. I don't have interest in you and um, say what you will about uh, cancel culture or whatever, but my God, the people getting so upset about this, that they are literally willing to try and start a movement to bring back heat is absolutely asinine. I, if your favorite lantern of all time is Hal Jordan, and Joe Schmo's favorite lantern of all time is fucking Simon Baz. His fandom does not negate your fandom. And more importantly, your fandom doesn't negate his fandom. 
If somebody likes something, they like it. If they like it for whatever reasons, great. They like it. Let them be a fan of that. As Green Lantern fans, who cares who your favorite lantern is? Rep it all you want. You know, have fun, nice little debates. But to sit there and say you don't understand the character, you don't understand the property, unless you think Hal is the best, you are fucking full of yourself and you're an infantile child. End of rant. I am definitively saying this. I don't have anything else to expound on. I don't have anything else to try and make my point a different way. And I'm not going to backpedal on this point. Your fandom does not negate somebody else's. I don't like Simon Baz. I don't get why other people do. But I am not going to sit here and ridicule other people who like him. The same way you out there who are trying to restart heat or whatever it is you're doing to actively find other people's posts about this and tell them why they're wrong, even though nobody asked you, you're full of yourself. I'm sick of it. Grow up. It's done. Give this goddamn movie a chance because we haven't seen shit for our character, our property of Green Lantern from DC in a while. And if you continue to just shit on everything because it's not how, then we're never going to see Green Lantern in anything. Look, it is entirely possible that this film is going to come out. Mark and I are going to watch it and talk about it. And then when we talk about it in this show, Mark and I will fucking rip it a new one. That's entirely possible. But you know what? I'm going to watch the goddamn movie. Before I make my opinion, I'm not going to malign it because of, oh, my God, it's not Hal or anything. This could have been about Kyle or Joe or or Jessica or it could have been about Simon. Guess what? It's a feature length animated movie from D.C. about Green Lantern. Holy shit. We're finally getting some focus on our property. Let's give it a shot. This petty bullshit. I'm done with it. And it's fucking infuriating. And we don't need it in our fandom. Especially now. Go listen to the case for Green Lantern. You know why. Done. How's that for keeping it short? Yeah, for you, that was pretty good. Didn't help your blood pressure at times. But <laughs> no. no, no. But you, you, you made it relatively, relatively short and sweet. Uh, that being said... If you look at this, this is one of those things where it's one of those interesting things, because I was thinking about this today. I was thinking about it in terms of yeah, sarcasm involved. One of our favorite Green Lantern books and their decisions in Green Lanterns, when clearly we know Simon was shot down to so Jessica could be elevated. Now, theoretically, it's probably perfectly logical, and I'm sure most people would bet this way, that. The real decision that was made was not there wasn't a conscious decision ahead of time. It was like, we're going to run Simon Baz into the ground. But the, but the real decision was we're going to elevate Jessica and whatever the, <laughs> and whatever happens to elevate Jessica. That's what her goal is. Now, that might have been the goal, but both things were accomplished at the same time, regardless of whether it was an ant. It's like we want to run Simon down. That was our main goal. No, but no matter what, no matter which aspect of the two. 
happened to be really what their plan was. Again, logic, logic dictates it was to raise Jessica up and give her a higher profile. That both things were kind of accomplished one, you know, along the way, regardless of what which one of the two was their driving goal. So D.C. might not be going out of their way to either diminish Hal or to push him to the back burner a lot or to take the focus away from Hal or maybe more important. And or that may not be what they're doing, as opposed to the people in running the show now really, really, really want to give John Stewart the spotlight because they feel like he was shortchanged for a long period of time. And now's his time to get the spotlight. Which is probably more true. Unless, you know, if Jeffrey Thorne was making the decision, then maybe you could make a much stronger case that, well, it's probably equal or at least equal since he really hates Hal Jordan. But regardless, both things can be accomplished at the same time. So if their goal is really to lift Jon Stewart up, you can lift Jon Stewart up. And at the same time, you're kind of diminishing Hal by proxy. Now, has it been that dramatic at this point? Not yet. But I think it's pretty... But there's certainly enough circumstantial evidence to suggest that the current regime in D.C. is not all that interested in pushing Hal Jordan stories and pushing Hal Jordan as the Green Lantern or the main focal point of of the that part of the D.C.U., which, of course, generally speaking right now, doesn't really get any coverage. They would rather it be John. And if it's not going to be John, they'd rather it be Joe. And if it's not going to be Joe, God forbid, it's probably going to be Simon or maybe the Simon Kelly combination. And maybe a little bit of Jessica, and we can all pretend or analyze why these the reasons are possible reasons why. But I think there's enough circumstantial evidence to support the idea that they now that in the post in the post DiDio era, the focal point has now shifted. That you know, and kind hey, if you're a Kyle fan, you can you can moan and bitch too because Kyle's even Kyle's been shafted even more. Kyle and Guy have been shafted a lot, considering we haven't even seen them actually kyle got shafted the most right because kyle never even got a uh, he didn't even get a story in future state right uh yeah right no, we didn't he we didn't, didn't so so technically kyle t- kyle is getting the, even the shittiest end of the stick of all the other of, of the four core coresmen uh he's the one who's it's not just how fans that can complain i mean but the re- so it and it's an adjustment it's and it's an adjustment period because I mean, they haven't blatantly, you know, they haven't done an Emerald Twilight 2 on Hal Jordan yet. So like you and I have talked about, they've done a whole bunch of stories where Hal Jordan's kind of been the bad guy or manipulated to be the bad guy in the last mm-hmm. couple of years, which is. In so, comics, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, in comics. Yeah, yeah. So it's certainly, it's certainly, that's something that you you take notice of because you know that's something they probably would not have done even five five or six years ago. And that may, and that does that does give you pause a little bit. But at the moment, they haven't, you know, it's not like they pushed him out. It's not like they exiled him from the Green Lantern Corps. It's not like they they have just, well, we wouldn't know if they really had decided this, just like we didn't know they, who, whoever the powers that be, even if they were not the powers in power at the time, when they decided that, hey, once we make one one Alan Scott gay, we're really going to make them all gay. But we're just not going to tell you that yet till, <laughs> till it's too late. That they may have a plan to push Hal Jordan out, but we're just not going to know about it. But at the moment, they certainly are not playing their cards to indicate that. Now, if it happens in the next year or so, that changes everything because then you could say, well, yeah, this was just like that. They had a plan all along. They just have to execute it slowly because they know if they drop it all at one time, people are going to lose their shit. Exactly. So uh, so it's very – so, again, you understand as, as from Hal Jordan fans who have gone through this once before, you can understand there's a little, little bit of un, unease about – 
the shifting winds, especially when it's not like how you're certainly when if you look at the Graham Morrison book with problems and all that is certainly not, not like that book wasn't a decent seller. It was a decent seller. So you can't say there isn't a market one way or the other still for Hal Jordan and the John Stewart. The only thing I don't like, besides the fact that John Stewart has never been a particularly interesting character, the way he's been written, there's things in his background that are interesting. And I understand a lot of people used to say that about Hal Jordan, which I never really got. But a lot of people would say that about Hal Jordan, too, that he was boring. But the only issue I have, again, is when people still go back and they don't do it as often. Go back to the animated show is the reason why John Stewart should be where he is, because that's a friggin generation ago now. That's like, a, I mean, think about it. Think about Kyle. I mean, Kyle is going to be what? Going to be is it 30 years? It's going to be 30, right? For Kyle. Mm-hmm. So it's it's like going to be a whole generation since that animated show really. And I mean this in a positive way, like in, introduced or indoctrinated kids into Green Lantern and who Green Lantern was to them. I'm not saying it wasn't a factor, but that's a I mean, genera- that, that that is the generation making the decisions. now. Right. You're right. You're right. But I'm saying going forward and making and making that decision for a why this has to be the case. Now, those that, it's been a, it's been a generation since kids grew up with Jon Stewart being their main Green Lantern. Yeah. So that's no longer it's no longer a, the only valid argument to say, oh, John Stewart should have been featured or why did John Stewart get shafted in the movie? I thought that even 2011, that was kind of lame now. OK, it's like it's like getting close to, you know, 25, 25 years or so since the since the animated show started or whatever. That's not relevant anymore. Hal Jordan has been the predominant Green Lantern in, in every form of media for like the last tw- 20 years. and. So I can under and again, hey, we'll see what they do with with John Stewart in general when it comes to this animated movie. Let's see what they do. Let's see what how you know, let's see what Hal's role is, because because the odds are he's not really dead. Now, if he is really dead. Now, that could be another story. We could look at maybe we'll look at that a little different and we find out, oh, yeah, Hal Jordan's dead. That's it. You can't bring him back. It's comics. But, oh, yeah, as far as they're concerned, he's dead. Yeah. But all of this to say. None of which is a basis or a reason to judge this thing and shut it down and go actively against it and start boycotting shit until you've had a chance to see it. Right. Yeah. I mean, this 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 put this way. This is this is not the equivalent, the equivalent of people being really, really upset with Last Jedi and voicing their expressions and then being told, oh, you're a troll living in your mother's basement. Shut up which then turned around and boomeranged and killed the solo movie because people were pissed. And it's like, Hey, F you, we really don't want this project anyway. And now you give, and now you're giving us even more reason not to support it. Well, F you. No, it's not, it's not like that at all. And it's also, and, and I had the point and I just slipped out of my head that it, it was related to John Stewart. But the re, the reality is that it's worth, you know, it's worth giving this thing a shot. There's no reason. There's no reason to, really be super be super negative at this point about this and plus again we don't know if this is ever going to happen because things are so far behind schedule but you know the rumor still was hal and john were supposed to be in the movie whenever they do the movie again because that's the reason why they're not in the tv show that's coming up Mm. that they were purposely left out of the tv show because they were supposed to be the focal point of when they do the green lantern movie or when they reintroduce these characters so we'll see i mean i Again, like we talked about when we first heard the title of this and we talked about it and I said jokingly, it's like, well, we know it's not going to focus on Hal, even without the tie to the title 
being directly related to John Stewart's origin as much. We knew based on the direction they're going in. We knew logic again, and that's that's all I think some of this is by some people. Not yeah, and, people. Like, and, and like you said, based on the title, the most iconic use of that title is John Stewart's yeah. origin story. So, but based on where, where things were going, and it's, it's like you know, it's logical. We knew, you know, we really deep down we knew, regardless of before they confirmed it was John Stewart, we knew that it was they weren't going to focus on Hal because they've been moving away from Hal. So when you and I, so I can understand why that kind of reinforces for people that okay and that's and it's understandable that's going to make a lot of people unhappy comic book wise because again how jordan's been how jordan's been the focal point of the green lantern franchise again since 2004 into 2005 when when green lantern rebirth started and finished so the reality is that's a long ass time for how jordan's been the green lantern for for everybody who's read read and watched and stuff so yeah if they, if you think your character is being shown the door unceremoniously, I can understand the pushback, and that, but that's again, that's more towards the, the book side of stuff. As far as the animated series, the you know, animated show, let's, uh, let's just let it play out and see how it goes. Yeah, it's just uh, there were, I, I posted how excited I was about this, and this kind of kicked everything off. There are literally people over on Twitter actively who don't even follow you actively finding posts about this to go make their opinion known about why you're a poor fan if you like this thing and i just had enough of that infantile behavior so i'm gonna give it a chance i look forward to it um you know and you know not for nothing this is the tomorrow verse so will i be upset if hal is dead sure but it's also just another multiverse story um and i'm just frankly happy happy that my franchise is getting some public spotlight right now. And I can so. understand that. Yes. And I think that's, that is the proper way people should view anybody who's enthusiastic at the fact that we have not gotten anything, a consequence. Speaking of, I watched Green Lantern on Tubi like about a week or so ago. Uh, it's going to be leaving soon, I believe, but I did wanted to watch it at least once. Right. And I mean, Hey, that also brings up a good point. When, when Green Lantern hit first hit Netflix, how long was it in like the top 10 or whatever? Oh yeah, when it came back relatively recently, not the yeah, they yeah. came back on yeah, it, and, and and it's not and it really and again it really isn't that horrible a movie. It's just no. it's just it's just buried because of Ryan Reynolds, who I must say I'll use this as a brief segue to this. I actually watched, which is a, which was a tough sell for me to watch this because obviously I'm not a huge Ryan Reynolds fan right now, and mm-hmm. I'm no and I'm not haven't been a big David Letterman fan in, in probably like ten or fifteen years. But I actually watched David Letterman's interview on his show on Netflix with Ryan Reynolds. And I will say that at the very least, Ryan Reynolds comes across very well. He comes across as very, as very likable. Now, yes, they don't talk now. Give him, he doesn't really run. He had, he had opportunities to run down Green Lantern, but he didn't, not many, but, it, but he, I think just the mentioning that of how he met Blake Lively on, on Green Lantern uh, when, when Letterman mentions that, but, uh, but still, he comes across very well and likable, which is probably who he is. It's just the fact that he just doesn't shut up and he's and he keeps pouring gasoline in a fire that would have gone out a long time ago. But so we'll just have to see. I don't think there's any reason to be to be we should be appreciative for getting something Green Lantern related and let's and let's see let's see how it goes. Yeah. Yep. My thoughts are out there. We're done. I don't need to keep going. I, I still feel like I'm, uh, guys, I have a sit stand desk and right now I'm in stand position because I'm 
kind of pacing back and forth. So I still got energy and hyped upness from that, but uh, I've made my point. Let's move on to the next thing. <laughs> You're just all pumped to talk about Thor. That's right. Uh, actually, you know, kind of, I am. Um, I was at Target the other day and I saw that the uh, Lego um, set of the goats, the goats and the, the ship and everything was there. And man, I must've stood in that aisle for a good 10 minutes, just looking at that box, flipping it over in my hands. I ended up not getting it, but then this trailer came out. Like this was before this trailer came out, and it showed it some more, and it showed the feel of this movie. And I'm just like, ah, God, I really feel like I'm going to be upset with myself if I don't end up getting that set. I can't tell you. Honestly, maybe I can tell you. Something felt off about that set, but then I realized it's because I collect all of the DC Comics pops, or sorry, uh, DC Comics Lego sets, and I have slim to none marvel sets so it felt unnatural buying a marvel set but um i don't know the the goats just there's a lot in this trailer a lot that's going to be in this movie that screams as guardian and the stuff i really love about thor um and i've i've said a lot of times on the show that one of my favorites and i've got the omnibus down here on the bookshelf in my collection of uh J. Michael Straczynski's run, he really leaned so heavily into the Asgardian mythos. And we spent a lot of time with the Asgardians as a whole, not just Thor. And I just, I love that so much. And honestly, not, not a lot. Uh, there's lots about this movie that can scream Asgardian or space or, or whatever, but that, that ship and those goats screams it more than anything else. Uh, so I think at the end of the day, I will feel bad if, if I don't end up with that set. So I'm going to have to circle back to target and hope it's still there. <laughs> I can't believe we just spent five minutes talking about goats. I had to make up for my rants. I thought you were going to at least laugh at that, but yes, like, I'm just talking about goats. My God. All right. Trailer. It's <laughs> It is a cute set. I'm not mocking your set. I'm, I just thought you were going to get to the end of the story and say, and then I bought it. It's like, no. You tell all that, it's like, and I still didn't buy it, but now I want to go back tomorrow and buy it. It's so odd they released this trailer so close to the other one. It's kind of, it's, it's really odd. I mean, I know the movie comes out like the, in the beginning of July, but they could have released this in the first week in June. It seems like it, the timing on the release of the two trailers is really, really odd. That being said, the trailer is fun. Obviously, if you didn't like Ragnarok and you didn't like the tone of Ragnarok, then it's perfectly understandable why you're you're not, you're getting bad vibes off of this movie because it gives you that it's going to be the same tone, which makes perfect sense when you think about who's writing, you know, who's writing and directing it. But if you did like Ragnarok, for the most part, now yes, the whole Jane is Thor thing, especially if you didn't read the books or even if you did but you didn't like it. That's still a reason. That's still a potential stumbling block, which I can completely understand. But the movie itself looks looks very fun. I like the fact that we get a little bit the the whole core, given the whole play by play of basically how how we get from play <laughs> doing the recap in a way, almost like a like a Pena recap in Ant Man. But it's kind of I thought that was that was funny. The visuals the visuals look really good. I did like the interaction between, you know, Natalie Portman and, and Hemsworth. That's always, that's always good. And the, now the Christian Bale thing, I mean, obviously he looks nothing like his comic book character, which, no. which clearly was a conscious decision because it's like, Hey, we got Christian Bale. We don't want to bury him in 8,000 pounds of latex or 
CGI. So that was a conscious choice that we have this actor. We want to be able to see him and see him emote. But I could also understand, while if you were a fan of the comic book character, why you would find that disappointing, because it is a striking difference. I mean, is it, you know, arguably, is it as striking a difference as the Oscar Isaacs version of a po- you know, a version of Apocalypse versus what it's, he's supposed to look like? Eh, probably not, or arguably. But I can understand why people would have a problem with that. I guess you could be concerned the story might focus too much on Valkyrie and Jane and take away from Thor. That again, a potential problem in a lot of these MCU projects and movies that the main character, maybe Disney, let's just say Disney, because there's always a chance the Obi-Wan thing could do that too, that they spend way too much time focusing in on secondary characters and supplemental and supporting cast as opposed to making it about the main character. I could I could understand that there could be some concern about that, too. To me, the to me, the trailer is funny. And and, and it it, I think it is so Thor like for the most part, based on where Thor has been heading. And do I think it's going to have well, I guess it's possible that Gore could have long term ramifications down the road in the in the MCU. But do I think this movie itself is going to have big, big time ramifications? Certainly as far as painting the picture that still remains foggy about what the hell the Avengers are and what the Earth is like post blip and everybody coming back. No, I don't expect to get any answers to that forever at this point. I mean, it's, it's like and so I, I got which I'm trying to move beyond and say I'm not I'm not going to have those expectations. I don't think Thor will do that. You can take it to the bank. Black Panther won't answer that. Really, There's no logical reason to think. Well, I mean, there there's a hint in here that I'm sorry. They're good. Um, I think there's I think there's a hint in here that they they'll address it in some way because now it could just be her not you know realizing but she's like what's it been four or five years and he says eight which is double the amount of time so I'm wondering do we remember in that sequence where it showed in uh, Endgame where it showed who'd been blipped on the little hollow things do, was Jane blipped probably but I don't remember seeing her. I don't if, if she wasn't on those, then this is our first indication that Jane might have been blipped. Oh, yeah. So. So I, did we see her if, yeah. if, if we saw her on one of those things that would confirm that, that she, she was gone, was gone. Yeah. yeah. If we didn't, then this her saying her being so off on the amount of time that she's it's been since she's seen Thor might be a hint that she was blipped. Right. Yeah. I think based on that, based on. Unless she will, unless it's just nothing more than her playing coy, yeah, and and or and or implying whether it's true or not that the end of the relationship wasn't as important to her as obviously we know it is to him since he's been remembering everything about it. But I'm sure that I'm sure that will fall into place just like how the hammer is back together, let alone how she's able to. Which and I did I will admit I had a problem with that scene. Unless we actually are, are supposed to believe he's not worthy again at some point in this movie, which I don't understand where he would be in his life that he's not worthy the hammer is like a foot away from him doesn't matter if both of them are worthy it's right there he should be able to grab it so there better be a real other than it oh it makes a cute scene there better be an explanation for why he can't grab it Hmm. because that makes no sense whatsoever because there's no reason to think why the hell would he not be worthy if he was still worthy in endgame why would he not be worthy now you know, uh, especially since he seems to be going on this spiritual quest and everything else, unless somehow it's like one of those weird opposite things with him trying to 
be, you know, trying to be peaceful and everything. And by doing that, somehow he's losing the essence of who he, I don't know. But that's, yeah. that's about the only thing in the trailer that I, that's the thing that really bothered me the most. It makes a cool scene, but the fact that he literally could reach out and grab it, even was closer to him because that doesn't, that doesn't make any sense. I mean, yeah, that, that didn't make any sense whatsoever. Uh, now you can make a case. He wasn't, he wasn't really calling it to himself. He was just reaching. And maybe that's the difference. Almost like how in theory, when, when Steve, when Steve threw the hammer and hit Thanos, that technically the hammer was closer to Thor at that point. But even if he re but not that he made a motion to reach out, but even if he tried, if he's not really, you know, some trying to summon it, but just instinctually reach out, but not that maybe if Steve was calling it back, you're literally consciously trying to call it to himself. Maybe you would have gone to him too over Thor. I think it's a stretch. I think, especially since Thor did reach out, you think that would have been enough, but that could be an in-movie explanation. And we get that, but it's gotta be a good one because if I don't see how you're going to make him, you're going to make him unworthy again to be worthy. Or, I mean, because you would think there has to be some, the, the, you know, the magic, the enchantment has to still be there. You would think, and if not, there's no reason why he wouldn't be able to grab it anyway. And anybody could lift it. Mm. So, but other than that, um, no, I liked. I, I thought I I enjoyed. I enjoyed the trailer for for what it was. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm excited more than ever. Uh, uh, you know, it just kind of hit me. There's a scene where he transforms from his costume or whatever. He slam he slams the uh, Stormbreaker down and he transforms into a different costume. I know we've seen that before, like in the first story, he held out, you know, when he grabbed the hammer, he, he was just enveloped in a storm of lightning for like five minutes <laughs> while it assembled around him. We saw it happen in Endgame when he grabbed both Storm and uh, Stormbreaker and Mjolnir. It kind of happened. But this is the first, it really hit me as really cool visually because it's the first time we've seen it like we saw it in comics. In comics, for those of you who don't remember, because there was a hint to it, like a little Easter egg to it in the first Thor movie, but we've never actually seen this. In the comics, for those of you who don't know, because, I mean, this is a DC podcast, so maybe some people don't know. Freaking Donald Blake, a doctor, stumbled across a cane in, in, in a cave somewhere, and when he slammed it on the ground, it transformed into Mjolnir and then transformed him by result into Thor. So the act of slamming something down to become thor instantly is iconic in the comics and this is the first time we've actually seen it in the movies now yes we've seen him transform into thor as i've already mentioned but the specific act of slamming the hammer or slamming a stick down into ground to transform that is straight out of the comics and it was just cool to see the other thing i will mention as a venom fan do you know what i'm going for here i have an idea but go go for it the sword that we see uh, Gore reaching for is referred to in comics as the All Black, aka the Necro Sword. The Necro Sword, it was revealed, I think, during King and Black, maybe slightly before um, in that uh, Donny Cates Venom run or whatever, is Null, the god of the, the symbiotes, the god of darkness, or whatever you want to call him. I've compared him on the show before when I've talked about him to uh, Necron. The all black, if you've ever seen it, the necro sword, it almost like moves like a symbiote does. That's because in comics, they, they, it, it, like I said, around King and Black, they revealed that the necro sword is the first symbiote that Null created. So 
there's that potential tie there. Plus the kind of scene that we see, one of the scenes we see Gorin in this trailer where it looks like he's moving through this section of tentac- black tent- oozing tentacle things. Possible connection there as well. Will they go that way? Who knows? Probably not. Maybe they don't want to set up the king in black this soon. I, I don't know. Maybe they, they don't want to go that way. Could be something else entirely. Who knows? But I did want to point out that section to folks. Um, otherwise, visually stunning. I'm excited for it. Uh, and yeah, I better get that Lego set pretty soon before they sell out. <laughs> I'm sure there'll be more pops announced soon. Although, you know what I'm thinking? What? Maybe something that bothers me about that Lego set is that they don't have, because sometimes they'll have an option with Lego sets for like a little stand that things can sit on. I'm a little disappointed that, that there aren't a bunch of clear multicolored pieces to sort of build a section of a rainbow bridge for that thing to sit on. Yeah, that would have been That seems cool. like a missed opportunity. Yeah, that is true. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah, man. Going along with your favorite topic, before I wrap up real quick, the eBay find of the week, though I get, have to give Jim credit for this because this is more his find than mine, though I'm the one who bought it because he didn't want to pull the trigger on it. I was able to get the uh, another 1998 DC Direct Green Lantern ring for 30 bucks. Buy it now. Hell yeah. <laughs> that one that's one of the ones that's harder to find, right? Yeah, 30 bucks, 30 bucks buy it now and I'm trying to remember if the shipping was I think the shipping might have been free on it too. But if not the shipping was less than 5 bucks. So I just want to mention that real quick that yeah, so Jim pay did attention you, to eBay. <laughs> yes, pay attention to eBay cuz that's that it's just it's slightly bigger. It's a slightly half half a size bigger than I normally wear, but it still fits. And if I had to, if I was going to wear it, it would still fit. Pristine, still has the tag on, and everything. So yes. So that's so I just wanted to mention that real quick because I figured you would get a you'd get a kick out of that. So in closing, lanterncast.com. The email is lanterncast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. Please leave us a positive review on all platforms you listen to us on last but not least if you'd like to leave us a voicemail or a text 708 lantern and let us know what you think and if you're still looking for a discord link lanterncast at gmail.com and mention it and we will send it to you all right guys we'll talk to you later good night everybody good night